broadcasting live. This is KMA Talk Radio. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of fine cigars. With your hosts, Honest Abe and Adam K. the Brewmeister. Listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kmatalkradio.com. I like to smoke them like some Winston Churchill. Like John Uh, welcome, loyal listeners, libertarians, lovers of the leaf, everyone out there in Facebook land. Welcome to another exciting edition of Facebook Live, KMA Talk Radio. I am Adam Kidd, Brewmeister. With me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, a man who needs no introduction, Mr. Honest Abe. Good morning. And live from still in New York for almost three months now, it's Paul DeGracco. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. I, I, the he, lovely gets way, he, gets, he gets way too excited for that, really. I know. What That's is it. up with that, dude? I'm an SNL fan. It's what I do. Come on. All right. You're in New York. It's the only time I'm ever going to get to do that ever. It's you get excited like by saying that, but you're not excited by the fact that I was on the SNL stage twice in my life. I don't know why um, that doesn't excite you. Don't, don't care. Not, not, okay. not important. Yeah, don't care. Yeah, not important. Uh, <laughs> it's a misnomer. It's a misnomer, a hundred per ten percent. Yeah. So you seem to so, be yeah. in a good mood, Adam. Did you have I'm a little fine. party last night, or what? Of course not. I don't know anybody, and I have no friends. And everybody knows that. <laughs> have you been watching sports? Uh, no, because the NBA has been on hiatus for the last three days, and if you'd been paying attention, Paul, you would know that. Uh, no, you have baseball. Do you not watch baseball? Uh, uh no, baseball sucks. Oh, all right. I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Baseball is terrible. No one should watch baseball. It's long, boring, and guess what? All the things they try to do to speed it up, guess what? Have made it more terrible. So thus, baseball sucks. Wow. All yeah. right. Well, Adam's on fire today, Abe. Yeah, he's going. He's oh, on yeah. fire. I have a question <laughs> for you, Abe. I was uh, yeah. surfing social media yesterday, and I happened to come across your Cigar of the Month Club post. You want to tell everybody what happened yesterday? <laughs> what, about going to the post office? <laughs> yeah. What did you have, six cars packed with boxes? Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Why would you? Why did you have to bring them yourself? Well, I mean, look, I, look, the, the the you know, it's really funny because our our old post office guy saw that post and reached out to me. He PM'd me, like couldn't really? believe we had to do that. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Chris or Eves? Kyle. Kyle, Kyle, I love Kyle. Love that guy. Very oh few God. people Adam loves. So there you have it. That tells yeah. you how amazing Kyle must be. Kyle was great. We loved Kyle, Kyle was a good guy, and he actually saw that post and PM'd me. Um, I mean, look, it's been a rough time for everybody, especially the post office. Obviously, the volume's through the roof. Their their staffing is constantly a problem because if somebody gets sick, anybody who came into contact with them can't come to work. They have to shut that whole area down. So they're bringing in new people regularly. So, 
you know, we're, we're, we're obviously as understanding as patient as we can be. I mean, there's really nothing much you could do. So I don't know what happened last week, but the new supervisor came in with a new carrier. And I guess the guy who had been our carrier is no longer delivering. And I guess now they have dedicated pickup only. Before, we would get picked up by our regular mail carriers. who delivered the mail during the day, come back with the empty truck at night and pick yeah. up whatever package. Now they have some dedicated guy. So we met the guy earlier this week, and we just wanted to give him a little mental expectation of what our normal load is, especially during at the end of every month. And uh, he just showed up yesterday with one little truck. Oh, and, you know, between our, between our cigar of the month and between our, um, we had the, you know, the Your regular Saka, shipments. Oh, yeah, that's right. Regular, we had all those that had come in, and our guys managed to get them all out. This guy, this guy couldn't put half, half our... Or, you know, shipments in his truck. Oh, my God. And, you know, it was around 5 o'clock, and the odds that he was going to be able to go, unload, come back. You know, he wasn't sure, and he's like, you know, worst case, you know, tomorrow we'll pick it up. And, you know, one of the things I pride myself on is no matter how big our membership gets, we have all the cigars for our Cigar of the Month Club boxed and ready to go out that morning. Right. You know? And and I had just made a, a post that day. Hashtag, you know, build, build, build today, ship today, right? So, <laughs> and then you can't ship them all, so you got to, oh, man. Right, so I, lo- I looked around, and I'm like, all right, everybody who's got a car, pull up. And six guys literally pulled up their cars. We filled them all to the ceiling. The the, the, the post office guy had to call in to find out if, if, if he could get permission for us to follow him there and come into the facility. And sure enough, a caravan of one full U- uh, USPS truck and six cars pulls in and everybody back there's like uh why are there pedestrian cars back here <laughs> i mean like everybody's like what oh yeah start unloading i tell you the truth the our our carrier was super like i mean he called us the cavalry he was super yeah. super cool about it and everybody's shipment you know got to the post office so wow. you know where it goes from here is in god's hands mostly but you know we got him to the post office and we got him out you know Oh, yeah, it uh, crossed the thing off my bucket list of actually going to the back end of the post office for the first time ever. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Delivering things to the post office. But, you know, for me, that was actually fun. I thought it was funny. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right, let's load it up. And everybody's looking at me like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, man. You got a car? Load it up. I saw <laughs> AJ with his with his car with the trunk open and the whole back of the trunk. It looked like boxes were pouring out of it, dude. Well, hey, he had his back most of us had our back seats full. I had my passenger side full. I mean, it was, we loaded up our cars. I, I had five giant bags in my car. There was no room for anything else in there whatsoever. Yeah. In my truck, yeah. It was fun. I mean, look, look, we're blessed to be that way. Obviously, our Cigar of the Month Club has become extremely popular. I mean, in fact, honestly, in my opinion, I believe what we did about a year and a half ago changed the whole standard of Cigar of the Month Clubs. And, um, I'm all right with that. You know, we set the pace for it, and it's good. I like it. Um, I think other companies have stepped up their game. Nobody used to get excited about Cigar of the Month clubs. No one even talked about it. It was like an ancillary item. Well, because as I understand it, and and correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm not putting down anybody else's programs, because I know that there are a couple of really good ones out there as well. But as I understand it, it used to kind of be like cigars that people couldn't get rid of, right? Like, (laughs) here, here are sticks that we haven't sold. Okay, so look, Cigar of the Month Club is basically a tool, just like every company has certain mm. tools. Like even a butcher shop, 
has ground beef because they use a lot of scraps from some of the other cuts. So you put it in ground beef or breakfast sausage. I mean, right. that's just the way normal business works. And or how you so, make the sausage in general. Yeah, I mean, so Cigar of the Month Club kind of had that purpose. Guys would, it'd be a great tool if they, something was overstocked or if, you know, they, they wanted to include a house brand for some customer loyalty and um, or they would buy something on the on an inexpensive or sale or a blowout that they could put in a cigar of the month club, and right. that was kind of the vehicle of what it was. And this is kind of one of the reasons, like in early 2018, like I, I would continuously post about people who were disappointed, right? They they ah, I'm quitting the cigar of the month club. I'm tired. No one ever got excited about it, you know. And I think it was an entryway for new people. Hey, let me join a club so I could try different things or a good gift item for girlfriends or wives to get their husband. But it wasn't. Anything that people got excited. So, you know, we just became, we just made it a decision that we were going to start one and we're just going to do it right the way it was supposed to be. And I think that's why ours became so popular. You know, I mean, based on our current subscription, there's never any one skew that we would ever have enough inventory at any one of our locations, even combined, to, to even get half our members. So what we do is like we, I literally sit here and I pick, um, you know, like, like here, I'm smoking this for the first time. These just mm. came in. And actually, I, one of our customers who bought a box gifted it to me. Otherwise, I wouldn't even have a chance. The Brulee uh, Blue from Saka. The Brulee Blue. But like, this would be something I'd love to have. Now, obviously, Steve doesn't have enough, but I'm kind of enjoying this. It'd be a new smoking experience. And that's kind of how I attack my Cigar the Month Clubs. Something that I think that is could be a classic, something that people haven't smoked in 10 years. It should get tried again, boutique, new. And I wanted it to be an experience. I think... Because we did it in, in a legitimate sense of it being a club, not an entryway or an ancillary item, but as a mainstream product for the cigar connoisseurs. Um, I think that's why it took so popular. So after we make these decisions, I literally have to call these manufacturers and ask them for that. We buy the product for the Cigar of the Month Club. So it's mm-hmm. not like it's stuff that's ever sitting around. We go out, we have to go get it. And then we pride ourselves on packing them and getting them all out the same day. You know, Billings on the 28th, and we'll get it out on the 28th. If it's a Sunday, it'll go out on Monday the 29th. And it, it's become very popular. And for the very first time in a long time, people are excited about Cigar of the Month clubs. I mean, literally, I mean, people are comparing me to Santa Claus. They love that time of month <laughs> when it's coming out. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. So, but in essence, what we've done is we've upped the game for a lot of other companies, you know. So, um, people are changing how they're doing their Cigar of the Month clubs, which is good for everybody. It's good for the end consumers as well. So uh, we're Entire, happy with it. Entirely. There was a guy who called this week and said he was a member of a different Cigar of the Month club and said he got a certain cigar. And he's like, how is this a cigar that is I'm supposed to enjoy? I've never heard of this cigar. I don't know what this is. I don't know where it came from. But guess what? I'm going to sign it for your club. That's well, what I mean. Getting getting a cigar that you never heard of is not necessarily a bad thing, as long as it's a real cigar. I love that. And and it was not a real cigar. That's the problem. Look, there's a couple couple things that anybody out there who's thinking about joining any cigar club, and there are some really, really good ones. In fact, uh, I think our friends at Corona are just starting a new premium one. I just saw saw them talking about so, yeah, there, there are good clubs, but you know, here's the thing that anybody looking into a cigar club should always be weary of and look out for. First off, always deal with a, rep- a reputable retailer of cigars. I, there's so many of these guys now who are running subscriptions out of their basements or their garages who aren't even real retailers. And, you know, they're, they're just in it for the money and doing, 
you know, getting what they can and getting it out there. So make sure you're dealing with, first off, a reputable retailer, a guy who has a business, a company that's been around for a while. They're, they're always going to serve you the best in the long run. Um, then a couple other favorite things. Look, I mean, there's a lot of clubs out there who claim to get limited edition or rare cigars every month. And, and look, just logistically, as a guy who actually has a rare and vintage room yeah. in, in, in only one of our retail stores, right? The logistics of finding limited rare cigars for a subscription, a monthly subscription, is not just not even plausible. Right. You know, that's why I pride that all the yeah. brands we pick are real brands that exist. You can go down to your local store. You can find it. It's, 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 it's known brands. It's known entities. And if something you like, it's readily available whether they choose to get it from us or not. You know, as, as a member, you get a code in our club, which, which – um, Gets you a discount if you get it, if you like anything that month, but you don't have to get it from us. It's it's these are all legitimate brands. And then I, I love I love I love this this other technique that cigar clubs use where they um they claim they cater, like they have you answer questions and they cater it specifically to your profile. Now Adam knows what we go through every month. Is that even a feasibility? Uh, no. Right? See here. No. Unless they've invested in some hundred thousand dollar AI program that's literally no. you know, so it, it, what what that's a tool for is that I can run out of stuff and start sending people different things because right. I can't get enough of one cigar for anybody, right? So there are gimmicks. So we've just been pure in how we run our Cigar of the Month Club, and I think that's why it's blown up. And, I mean, every month, it's absurd. We keep getting – now it's become regular. See, I have to anticipate, right? So when we buy our cigars for the Cigar of the Month Club, I, I got to buy, like, knowing that these cigars may not get used for two or three months. So I have to anticipate our growth and we're continually underestimating. And that's why sometimes during the month we run out. Like, even yep. though I'm trying to order ahead last month, last, well, it's, I think last month was the second or third time it's happened to us. Yep. Where I've underestimated and we just don't have enough of the cigars and we have to stop members because you, you could sign up like right now and you'll, as a new member, you'll get September subscription and you'll get it all the way through the 28th. If you're a new member, uh, 21st, 21st. Yeah, the 21st is when you could uh, order for the, this current month. Maybe I and, should join uh, while I'm up here in New York for for the month. I should join now. I don't know. So what, I can get cigars well, we, here. Well, Paul, you know we have, well, you're already go, coming home now, but we have like a three and a six month subscription. You could have done it and got it for three months yeah. while you're up there. I could do it and change my address, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Change your address. But look, it's it's real simple. We just did it right. We did it the way I believe it's the way I would want it to be if I was a consumer. And it's it's taken off. So when you have people who believe in you, how do you not load up your cars and run to the post office? That's what we did. Mm-hmm. And it was actually fun. I it was, we were all kind of laughing about it. It looked hey, like a cool I, adventure. Good. It was a cool adventure, dude. It, look, you thought the way we pulled in there. And the way we were just going out, you thought like Secret Service was coming in behind us. <laughs> you know, you guys, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. it was fun. It was really fun. Knocking off my bucket list. Going to the back end of the post office. Yeah. Knocked that off the bucket list. Dude, I didn't that, even know that post office was there. It's like hidden in the middle of nowhere, like alleyway and small side streets. No, I knew it was there. No, like if you can get there off of Boynton Beach Boulevard, but I didn't know that the back end of going in there off the back way we went in was actually there. Yeah. That surprised me, but that oh, made they, sense after I looked at it all. They keep that. They keep that separate from uh, the general public because they don't want to deal with you. <laughs> yeah, they dealt with this yesterday. Oh yeah. But you know what? The, even, I, I ain't gonna lie. Even the post office people were laughing and having fun with it. Yeah. I mean, first off freaked out when we pulled in but then they start pulling out the big containers and 
we helped them load it all in. It was it was fun. It was we have fun. a good yeah. question, Abe, from uh, yeah. from Casey. Do you do you allow Cigar of the Month Club pickup if somebody's local? Nope, we do nope. not. Hell Sorry. no. Sorry, Casey. That easy, is not- easy, easy there, Adam. Easy. No, we we don't because honestly, the it would break down because we have a lot of local people. It would break down all the efficiencies in how we do the process. Yeah, it, it messes because up the system. All, it, it's all automated, right? So all these boxes are all packed, and then we label them all that day. And then they start looking through 2,000 labels to find out where your label is. You know, they think we're coming across the printer. Oh, there's Casey's. Let me go put No, it's all mass done. That's how we get it out so quickly. So don't, forget, don't forget non-PCA compliance. Okay, well, PCA compliance is a whole other issue. But, yes. I mean, just logistically, it can't be done. So, no, unfortunately, we don't have pickups. And then it's all done here, and then guys want to pick it up at a store that's not here. So, yeah, it, it, we have to ship it. Right. Sorry, Casey, it, but it you would, answered your question. Yeah, it would muck the whole process, honestly. Oh, yeah. 110%. <laughs> Adam, Adam, you, you really are in rare form. He's rare form today. Thank you. appreciate it. I'm Why? here to be a... You had a couple know. days off. You had a couple days off from the show, and now you're uh, you're, you're screwed up my golf game, Paul. That's where the problem. You screwed up my golf game. Did you golf the last two Saturdays? You're damn right. Where'd you go? <laughs> uh, I know he's I worked, real. Funky, I played uh, Lakeview, and uh, then I played Lake Worth. Yeah, it was great. I, I want to see you golf. I would like to see you come with me and play golf, Paul. You know, so I've play never golf? played. Oh, I'll tell you this: I've never played a full round of golf. Oh, Paul! I got an extra set of clubs in the house. Come on, let's go, buddy. Come back uh, down. Yeah, I've never, I've never golf. played a full round of golf ever in my life. I want to. My, you want to hear something messed up? When I was growing up, my brother got private golf lessons from a golf pro from my grandfather. My grandfather took one look at my athletic ability and he just ignored me. I didn't get any. So, you, so, in other words, your grandfather was a pretty uh, insightful person. It wasn't even like offered up to me, but my brother got lessons for like years at my grandfather's country club, and I used to go there and like, you know, I would I'd be the kid that would sit at the bar and just eat cherries while my brother was getting golf lessons from a from a golf from the golf pro at the country club. It was messed up, kind of. Now, when I look back on it. I, like, what, like how little he thought of me. I mean, did he really think little of you, or did you just acknowledge your incapacity for any he kind just, of athletic he just activity? Saw it right, you just saw yeah. everyone else was. Jeez. Yeah. It's funny though, because my dad made me play baseball for years, like six, seven years. I played, I played pee wee baseball, and my brother now tells me, like at the time, I knew I wasn't great, and I, sometimes I was on like, you know, the team. This is terrible to say. But back in the day, in the 80s, when you had kids that couldn't play, that's where they put the girls on the team. So, like, I would always have, like, two girls on my team, and none of the other teams had girls on them. And I was like, oh what the heck God. is going on? So my brother my brother now talks about how, like, every time I would swing the bat, him and my dad would be like, oh, God. Oh, God. Or, or I would, you know, miss a, a, a pop fly out. You know, I was always putting, like, you know, left field or something, you know, where I couldn't do too much damage. And, uh, yeah, they, they make fun of, they made fun of me or they were embarrassed of me all those years. I was like, well, why do you, why did you keep me there for seven years playing peewee baseball? If every time I did something, you were cringing. 
is there any sport that you enjoy or feel that you you know do well? I have an affinity for baseball now because I worked in baseball. That's why they put you in years. there for seven years. <laughs> well, no, no, Paul, do you excel at bocce? Are you good at bocce? Yes, actually, yes, I'm really good at bocce ball. Yeah, I okay, am good at bocce. There you go. I feel Is that like an Italian joke? Might be. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. It's funny because I, I keep forgetting Paul's Italian. As many years <laughs> together. Every time it comes up, he's Italian. I'm like, oh, that's right, he is. Because you're literally like the least Italian person I know. My last I, name is DeGrasse. I wear, I wear the, the Cornicello. He brings other that up every time. Name, other than your last name, you're the least Italian person I know. <laughs> do, do you play bocce? Who, me? Are, yeah, you. Are you are I, yeah, you? I am good at bocce. I mean, I don't play it like regularly, but my parents' house in Vero, they have a, a winter house now in Vero Beach. We, when we go there, they have like bocce, bocce set up there all the time because it's a, like a 55 plus community. So yeah, down, I've, I've played. Did you ever play down here, in Wellington? No. Is there? Is no, there I don't a big know. Bocce community? I just, I just no. may know. Come on, bocce! You can play anywhere. If you got grass, Paul, we can play bocce in your backyard. I'll get a bocce I, set. We'll play it in your backyard. I have a, I have a bocce set. I have a. It's a. It's Stephanie's, believe it or not, but it's a traditional bocce set with like. The real, like, um, I don't know if it's stone or whatever it is, Polino, that you throw out there. I got to tell you, Alan Rubin cracks me up. Everyone has a fi- everyone has finite resources. So Paul's grandpa chose to allocate it efficiently with Paul's brother. He didn't want to make a bad investment. <laughs> Hold on. So that's not true because at the time, my grandfather was very wealthy from a, a settlement from a, an incident. He made this for his time. He meant oh, time. Oh, okay. <laughs> he wasn't going to put his time with you. That's funny. That's kind of messed oh. up, Alan. I usually stand up for you, buddy. That's good. All right, who do we got on for guests this week, Paul? Oh, right. I'm excited. Am I'm I a big you? fan. Go you ahead, Adam. Do your intro. intro. Do you your stick, Adam. You didn't write an intro this week, Paul. Well, that's all right. Oh. She's, she speaks for herself. All right. Uh, all right. So th- this week's guest is Melanie Sisko of the from- Meet the Professor show. And I have no idea what that is because no one told me beforehand what we we're, were going to talk about. about what's it. Going on. Or we're going to find gonna- out what's going on. So, Melanie, welcome to KMA Talk Radio. Hi. How you doing? Hey. <laughs> Hello. What's up, guys? Thanks for You guys have me cracking up back here listening to you. Well, about. I do play bocce. I'm actually on a bocce team. <laughs> There's really? bocce teams? I was going to say, there are bocce teams for real? Yep. We, well, I live in a country club, and so part of our club, we have a bocce. We have probably one of the top bocce like, uh, setups, I don't know, courts uh, in the Court. nation. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Stand around that's, and drink. That's Florida <laughs> for you. They so do a, you think they have a bocce Paul, league. Paul would be good enough to be on your team? I'm sorry, what now? Do you think Paul would be good enough to be on your team? Yeah, yeah, definitely, especially with this demographic. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I am definitely a better bocce player than Paul. I can guarantee it right now. What are you kidding? What are you, is this a bet? Yeah. yeah. I can oh, yeah. support any time. Absolutely, mm-hmm. done. All right, Paul. This has got to be a KMA thing now. We have to have the Cisco challenge, right? We got we got to get you and Adam out there, and we and Mel, you and you and you, Paul, you and Adam, 
against Melanie and her teammate, and we, we got to film this competition. Who's your teammate, Melanie? Tell me it's somebody that's, like, 80 or something. Like, I, is it a young... Like I don't ask old ladies are, but I, I would say that, yes, they're older than I am. <laughs> All right, then I'll take on that challenge. <laughs> well, if you were worth five cents, you'll make this happen. Five cents. I, I, we got to wait a month w- till when I'm back down in what Florida, the- but... But you're still yeah. waiting a month to come back? <laughs> yeah. It's a I long think, story, I think, Adam. I think it's all been a slow, quiet ploy from Stephanie just to get to Paul to, so they can move back. She does not want to move back here, believe me. After after two and a half months here, she does not want to be back. I couldn't imagine leaving my house for three months, four months. I mean, I guess that's yeah. what snowbirds do, but I just couldn't imagine. I'm a snowbird now. That's what I keep telling everybody. i'm semi-retired so you know we come up for three months (laughs) so melly you are broadcasting from your your home there in naples florida yes yes i live in naples florida and this is my usual station that i do a lot of my lives and uh shows from broadcasting from so what area naples are you in because i'm familiar a little bit with naples and he wants your address yeah, yeah, don't yeah. give him your address. Don't let him. You know, okay. North, uh, North Naples, uh, like, oh, okay. almost Lee County, but we're still in Collier. Oh, okay, Our, all right. It hits both counties. <laughs> I understand completely. Now, I, I'm hearing a little bit of a twang there, Melanie. Are you, are you originally are from Tennessee? Yes, I was born and raised in Nashville. So I graduated from college to um, NTSU. And then I moved down here about 12 years ago. I actually love Tennessee, man. It's one of my favorite little vacation spots. We, we've we done it two or three times. We'll go up there and get a cabin and, and go with the kids. And they, the people, when you get to that part of the country, are just so, like, freakily polite. It really is. I've yeah. always commented on that when I go there, man. The good mornings, you have a nice day, sir. I mean, just, you're, you're, you're not used to it. When you get there, like, wow, everybody's just so nice here. Mm-hmm. But we love the Tennessee area. So you don't usually, do you go to Nashville, or you said cabin, so I'm guessing I, you're I, Gatlinburg? We, we've, got, we've gotten cabins in Gatlinburg um, and Pigeon Forge, and then we've been up to Nashville because i got a good friend who lives up by a lake in Nashville. So those are pretty much the two major places. I haven't done the Graceland tour yet, but I, I, I got I, that's on my bucket list. I, I, listen. You gotta go. You gotta go see Graceland. I don't care. You gotta go. It's one of those things. Like these days, that they went bankrupt. You know, the the plane got taken away by the owner, and like there's really, yeah, there's a lot of things that went down, and it's in it's it's in the worst part of town. I know, but it's one of those things where you just you heard about it your whole life, and you just say, "Eh, I gotta see it. Did you go in, Abe? I've never been there. Oh, oh, I thought you said you had. I'm sorry. No, I said I, we haven't done that yet. It's kind of one of those things that eventually I'd like to get to, but I have you been there? No, I've never I, been to Tennessee. How about you, Melanie? Oh, Tennessee. I love Tennessee. Have you, 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 you obviously been there, Melanie? I have not been to Graceland. My mom actually, when she was a kid, she actually uh, helped her friend with the, the, the horses. They had stables back behind Graceland, and so... Her and her friend would like take care of the horses and then go jump in the pool. <laughs> Elvis is out. What? So, Mel- yeah. Melanie, we got you know uh, Diana. Diana, one of my dear friends from Altus, 
we got some questions. People are already asking, who is Melanie? So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself because you kind of became a, a sensation kind of recently in social media. And, and tell us how you got there and what led you to, to doing that. Because I understand you you know, you had a, a, a completely different career not that very long ago. Yeah, so um, I used to, I started out with like a pre-law degree. I loved reading contracts and I would work with medical uh, insurance companies and providers and help them with insurance things, claims, you know. And um, I was working for this company that allowed me to, it was a startup company. So um, on top of like doing claim action, we were also starting a company. So I became really interested in the marketing. And I'm already in sales. I've been in sales the whole time, but you know, just started getting really into the marketing and making videos and making digital content and growing the social media and just learning and fascinated by that. And so I know how to network and I've learned how, it took me a long time to realize that people actually do want to hear what I have to say, but once I figured that out, I was like, oh, okay, this is fun. So pretty much it's just a matter of a, yeah, it was just kind of like a little journey and I really got tired of the medical industry and trying to sell to doctors. It was awful. And so I started uh, with a little small job at the uh, local uh, shop here, cigar shop. The lady needed some help. So I went in and helped her. Just tried to make my life a little easier for a little while and then fell in love with selling cigars. (laughs) Were you you a cigar smoker at the time you took this job? Were were you in the cigar? So yep. so here you were doing stuff in the medical field, yeah. decided you were tired of it, got a side job to kill some time at a local cigar shop, and you, you weren't even into cigars at the time. No, no, not at all. Wow. So, <laughs> how long ago was that? Uh, last year, May. So yeah, a little over a year ago. Uh, yeah. What made you want to go to a cigar shop? Did you know somebody that was there? It was just oh. a friend that knew, but he was actually um, a guy that works with all like the restaurants. You know, he does uh, restaurant work and stuff, um, like the clean towels. You know, so he knew all these places. And I was like, do you know something just like simple, easy? I don't want to serve food. I don't want to, you know, I just want something that is just going to let me kind of be easy. And he's like, oh, she just asked me if somebody, she was looking for some help. I was like, okay, so let's go meet her. And yeah, it turned into a, a this. <laughs> I just, 
everybody's like the kid, the kid, the kid. And so I just kind of stuck with my name and I think it's, um, I think it's a good decision. And then the 21 was perfect because you have to be over 21 now to smoke cigars. <laughs> what did, what did the 21 originally stand for? Uh, it's a high school, um, high number. school number. Uh, yeah. okay. So, so when you, when you started it, when you started it and then how, how old is that handle that you're currently using now? Little Kid, I actually created that. Um, well, the Little Sisko Kid 21, that's only about maybe three, maybe two, three, three years old, maybe two and a half, you know. Right. And then, but my little Cisco Kid, I've had that gene, I haven't had that username since I was in high school. It, it was printed on my backpack. Like, I was. Wow. Melanie just made me feel real old. <laughs> talking about having an Instagram handle when she was in high school. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, There wasn't cell phones when I was in high school. Oh my god, I just felt old. So, so, so now, how did the concept of you becoming basically a, a personality, right? You become basically a a spokeswoman and a personality in the cigarverse. How did that evolve from just working in the shop? Um, well, going on, in, well, and then I, when I started like really promoting on Instagram, there was people actually coming into our shop, asking, finding out like, you know, cause I would promote our shop obviously. So they were coming in and they're asked for me. They would, we live in a, a town obviously where you guys were talking earlier about how there's snowbirds going back and forth. They have different homes. So, Sometimes these guys would be like, oh, yeah, I just came from my shop from my hometown. And I told them I was going to Naples and they asked me if they're going to see Melanie or they asked me if they're going to, you know, catch you there. And I'm like, I know her. She's a good, she's a friend of mine. And they're just like, really? Like, it's so funny. And then I've had them out come and, you know, they want signed. I would, we would sign some of the cigars whenever they would buy them. But like people would literally call the shop and buy one cigar just to get it. <laughs> so I just like, I didn't. I don't know. I just kind of just tried to uh, hang on and and give people what they were wanting. Tried to keep them happy and entertained. And then I just love it. It gives me not. I just have a ton of energy. I don't know if you can see that or not, but like. <laughs> no, we do. We I do. love to be able to tunnel it and you you know at least put it in somewhere where everybody's enjoying it. It's, it's really the greatest gift. <laughs> It's a little bit unsettling when that first starts happening, right? When you're out in public and people just start pulling you aside and you're like, and they yeah. recognize you. I mean, you know, because, you know, you get used to it after a while. But in the beginning, man, it's it's, it's, it's a little weird, you know, yeah. because you just don't realize you, we sit here, even what we do, KMA. I was playing in, in poker once in, in Baltimore and a guy at the table recognized my voice because I don't even think we were doing videos <laughs> at yep. that time, right? And, and when people start recognizing you like that out nowhere, because you do your little thing and you're, you know, and your little device, and you don't realize the reach it gets out there. And I'm sure now you, you can't get within ten feet of a probably a cigar shop anywhere. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's a ton of people that don't know me yet, but, but uh, it, it is nice to go in and 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 see friends. But really, what I'm looking more forward to is being uh, the chance to get and accept all the invites that I've gotten to come and visit. That's what I really, I'm really so excited to just go and travel and meet the people that I've gotten to know. I mean, we've got so many new friends right now, right? I mean, I'm sure you guys do too. Yeah. 
But. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things too. Is uh, it, what a terrible time to go out and travel, unless you're Paul DeGracco, you know, where you're just a traveling <laughs> fool. But you know, what what a what a terrible time now. And, you know, all these events are getting canceled and, and turned away, and you know, hopefully things will go back to normal soon. And I'm sure when that does, we'll be seeing we'll be seeing Mel- Melanie Cisco uh, in a lot of places. So we uh-huh. we have a we have a question from a listener, uh, from Allison. So, how long have you been smoking cigars? Has, it, it's a new thing now, right? Yeah. So, um, I I would say about mid February this year, and I really don't smoke a um, a whole cigar. Uh, my I love I'm a, I I love the social part of it, so it's really hard for me to like sit down and smoke a, a whole cigar by myself. <laughs> I'm like. More, if I sit here, this is like the most enjoyable cigar that I'm having because I'm like chatting and having a good time. But really, I just wasn't, when I started, I was taking the pictures and I wasn't really, I would light them up and I would kind of puff them and take pictures and promote them. But I think it was the angel chair that I was just sitting there one day and I was like done with the pictures and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to smoke the rest of this. <laughs> like, this is pretty good. And then well, I, I it was a quad, the quad door stay. So I say that the Cuban, a friend of us uh, gave that to me, and I would, I was gonna light it and try it, and then give it to my boyfriend because he smoked. And then I was like, yeah, no, I think I'll keep it. <laughs> this is actually good. So. I, I mean, in your defense, first I love the honesty, right? But in, yeah. in, your, in your defense, that's kind of how we all start. Yeah. I mean. I, I started smoking cigars in a completely social setting. My first cigar was after we won a football game and guys were just passing cigars around, you know, and didn't think twice about it. All right, I'll have a couple puffs. And I'm, I'll probably bet good money. I didn't even finish it. Um, and, and that's kind of how we all start. I mean, it, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's great. And the fact that you're getting, but you know, you talk about finishing a cigar, you know, you put out a lot of content. <laughs> I mean, you, you put out a lot of content and I, you know, I catch it. I catch it. You're, but you always got such big cigars. Have you ever tried a, you know, a Corona, Corona, you know, because honestly, I was the same way when I first got in. My, my I wouldn't smoke anything less than a, a Toro. I mean, Toros are my size and they got bigger. But now during the years, a Lancero, Lonsdale, Coronas, those are my cigars of choice. In fact, like this Brule, um, is probably like the bigger, the biggest, the bigger end of my spectrum of something that I would regularly enjoy as a size. Well, then I'm going to go ahead and plug this in. Being on the professor show, you learn a lot about sizes and how it affects taste. And you're exactly right. I do not, I actually, I, I absolutely love a Lancero. Um, but Lanceros come in, you know, they're, they're not as readily available, I suppose, in all blends. So I do love small Coronas as well. Sometimes the shops don't have all of these sizes, so I usually get what I can. But when it comes to my Fuentes, I can smoke, yeah, the, like, you know, the size of a, I mean, this is an 858. So it's like, I mean, you know, about a Corona size. And then you've got the, the, but the, uh, my favorite one, the Lost City. And then, of course, the Angel Share. It's really long. But they're not, I think that the way that they are, their size is made for the way that they're supposed to taste. So they taste excellent. So they don't bother me. I'm not going to stick a lunatic in my mouth. (laughs) I want to talk about 
you just mentioned a couple of things with Fuente and your show. So I want to touch base on both of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, for someone who I'll, I'll, I'll call you a newcomer into the cigar verse, you, you seem to have already developed, you know, a very close relationship with one of the premiering cigar families. And honestly, one of the most elusive families in the industry. I've known Carlito for 20 years and, you know, it takes me weeks to get a hold of him if I'm lucky, you know. <laughs> he, listen, he always responds. He's a busy guy. He's yeah. in multiple countries. He's doing many things. He's got a charitable foundation. But you have seemed to have developed this very close relationship with the family between I see you talking to him and Cynthia regularly. How did that happen? And then we'll get into explaining what the professor showed. Because I'll be honest with you, as an outsider looking in, the whole title kind of confuses me. I'm not sure how that came about. And there used to be in the Marifel, right? Or there was there's another word in there. I don't even. So talk about the, your how how your relationship with the Fuente family had prospered and grown into what it is today. And then tell us about the show that you're on. Okay, so well, um, pretty much I've just you know. Like I said, I was just getting out there. I know, I do know social media, so I was able to spread myself, get into, you know, and I wasn't selling anything. I'm just sharing content with people. Um, so I think that they they like that. And so Jeremiah Marathel, he is the godfather of the Cameroon rap, rapper. So his family, the Marathel family is the family that is that goes into Cameroon, Africa, and actually grows that tobacco. And so that's where... Puente met with, you know, the Marapa family, and that's when they decided to use their wrappers on a lot of their cigars, which is what makes them, you know, the Cameroon wrappers delicious. So I love it. it's one of it's always been one of my personal favorites. Well, there was is, there was a time period when you were basically <clears throat> up too young to smoke, where Cameroon was like the hottest <laughs> rapper in the country, right? Because we have these phases in the industry where certain rappers just become hot, but Cameroon was Fuente was using it early on all their, you know, Hemingway and Don Carlos and became so popular. But for me, it's still one of my staple rappers that I enjoy. Yeah, it's delicious. And it takes blood, sweat, tears, and life to actually grow that tobacco. It's, I mean, that, that it's, a, it's a jungle out there, you know? So they've, they've had team members die. They've had team members be sick. They've had, you know, so I, it's a lot of respect for, you know, both families. And so those two were already, obviously, you know, had relationships together. And then they had just hired Jose Blanco. And then they decided that they needed to do something because of Corona. They wanted to get out to the fans. So Jeremiah had seen me on, um, you know, social media. So he reached out to me. He says, hey, do you, he's like, I'm Jeremiah Morafel, and I'm with Valente, and we're going to do a show. And um, it's going to be you, Jose, or me, Clark Carlito. He's like, would you want to be on it? I was like duh like <laughs> 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 is this really happening like did i just hit i can't even and the message didn't even come straight to me it went to like my like you know your speak like messages because you're not even friends with that person yet so I was, yeah like, I, I, I always hated that right if you're not friends with a person they send you a message it goes to some weird place that sometimes you don't see it for months like you have to go and look for it it's really weird i hate that so I just happened to be looking at my phone as it came in, and it said, like, so-and-so is trying to message you. And I was like, okay. And then I just said yes, and he's so funny because he says, great, because I already put you in the trailer. So <laughs> we're going to start this week. Ah. <laughs> okay. But, and so that's what we did. And um, to tell you the truth, I, I am just, I'm baffled almost just, or just, 
just as speechless, you know, and, and obviously extremely grateful to be asked and to be um, working with them so closely. And yeah, the amount of attention is amazing. It amazes me too. I just I get goosebumps when I think about how much they um, they will do for me. It's amazing. So no, I love that family. And Rocky Patel too is also another uh, you know supporter of mine that you know I've just been able to uh, work with some really awesome awesome people and in the in the industry some legends so sometimes I think of myself as like hashtag sitting with legends you know sitting with the legends like here I am just hi <laughs> I'm just like just the girl <laughs> but I've learned a lot about cigars and I knew a lot about cigars even before I started smoking them so that was really cool and being on the professor show you learn so much interesting information about the leaf and you know, and even with Rocky Patel, he teaches a lot of information too that's very interesting. Just like, you know, the way that they prime it and, you know, what goes in, how many people are actually there. Listening to Cynthia talk about uh, ladies, the women of the industry, and how much women are very much a part of the industry. And then, you know, I love how she actually, they're a conservative family and they have, you know, deep values and traditions and everything, but. At the same time, they're open and they like to have fun and they want to um, connect more with your, you know, fan, or their their customers and their uh, loyal. I don't want to call them fans, but just friends, family. They are family, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> so it's a great show, and I'm honored just to be on it. And Jose Blanco has been around. I'm sure you guys know who he is, right? Yep, been around for a while. So he's got all kinds of just great information to listen to and and um, share with even your other friends. You know, when you go into a cigar lounge and you have somebody that's having a little trouble, guess what? You can help them out because you know what to do now. <laughs> so it's, it's a really cool show. We're really trying to bump it up every Friday. I get on with Cynthia. They allow me to give away free Fuente swag. So we just, you know, you get on. We, uh, tech, it's a lot of work. I can do a lot of work. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I appreciate the work you do because, you know, I want to be clear because there's, there's, oh, listen, in this industry, and, you know, living up to my moniker, I always have to tell it how it is, right? <laughs> um, yeah, in this industry, you look, we're mostly made up of men. Men can also be crude. I'm sure that you've probably had your share of people who try to cross the line and, 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 and not be a proper gentleman. But see, I'm, I've always been from day one, and anybody who's been around me long enough, and, and Paul, it's only been, what, about three or four years with you, but I, I'm a big proponent for anything that causes, that creates excitement and fun and, and, and propagates our lifestyle, and that's what mm -hmm. you're doing. So there's always going to be some haters who don't appreciate it. Oh, it's just a girl with a great body and, and, and whatever. Who cares? I know, you're yeah. Same way, you, you have how many followers on Instagram? On Instagram, it's uh, like 22.9. I'm like, I'm like at 22.998. I'm like, come on, can I just get to 23? It's driving me nuts. But, but, but that's, that's, that's people that you, what, for whatever reason, are getting excited about what we all enjoy, our passion, our lifestyle. And for me, that's always a good thing. Yeah, and why not? That, I mean, that's really one of the reasons why I created Battle of the Bands, which we'll talk about, I'm pretty sure, when Coop gets on, right? Mm -hmm. It's fun. People are talking about, we got a month of, I mean, I don't know if anybody saw Kevin's video of Randy the Macho Man uh, Savage 
oh my god, it was over the top. Oh, yeah. You gotta find it, Paul. It was over the top, but I'll watch it's it. a month log of fun, and then that's what we're doing. So prop my props go out to you. I love it. And I I don't care whether you're a guy or a girl or or both. If you can go out there and create a following and have excitement and continue to propagate and and, and, and share that what we do, the lifestyle, the fun we have, the camaraderie we have. I think it's an awesome thing. So, you know, make sure you don't let anybody discourage you. Well, I appreciate that. And it looks like Carlito is watching me and supporting me too. So, hi, Carlito. Say hi. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, no, I love it. This is, I appreciate all of you. I, it, this is, you guys are fueling me, you know. The, the industry is fueling me. The people are fueling me. Just the, the, And I do have, I have maybe I get a few haters, but, it's really, um, I believe that positive attracts positive. So I really don't get a lot of, of negative, and I really don't get a lot of rude gentlemen to tell you the truth. I'm not, I, I have a lot of respect for the cigar industry because of that. There's a lot of gentlemen in the industry that are not looking to just uh, go after a girl or anything, but they like it. You know, it's like we enjoy watching it. It's, it's nice and beautiful, but... If that's it, you know, like it makes me want a cigar. <laughs> Not me. Wants a cigar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like Abe saying the 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 entertainment value and the and the social aspect of it. It everything is good for our industry as long as it's painted in a positive light. And I I I, I agree that it's kind of just an added bonus that you that you're beautiful i don't think that's the whole point of it to be honest right that is just a that's just a gift from god that i don't have to spend so much time in the morning (laughs) (laughs) i don't have to spend a lot of time in the morning adam does (laughs) adam though adam's got golden bangs he's gotta flop and and get hey i put the i i put the hair gel in this morning that's, that's what's going on here, all right? Come on. We got the fan on because it's hot in here. Yeah. Yeah. Try to make it all work out, okay? Come on. When's the last time you went to your hair stylist, Adam? Uh, three weeks ago. Wow. Oh, so you're due. He's no, due. no, no. I'm not due because I have to go over six weeks. So it's the 19th, but I have to cancel that one because I'm going to be out of town. All right. Fascinating. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, now you you also offer a Q and A. I've seen them on your oh, story. It's like a series of twenty or thirty questions that people ask you, and you answer them while smoking a cigar. How how can people submit their questions? Okay, so what that does is um, that's on Instagram. So if you go to my story on Instagram, I post a. I'll do and. There's a strategy to it to get so many answers, but like I post it and it's just a question and then I'll get, I swear it is hilarious. I get probably a hundred different questions and people are like, why didn't you ask my question? I'm like, I got to move on. Like, right. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get around to it. Just keep asking them. But um, it's so much fun for me. I just love it. It's a, it's a way for me to connect. It's a way for me to like just fall around with the questions. I like I like dodging some of them. If they ask me like uh, like somebody asked me like how did you get so darn cute? And I was like I think I got it from my mama. You know like <laughs> it's just like stuff like that. You know or um, it's just other kinds of oh Glenn Loop is watching. 
Guess what? Glenn Luke is going to be on our show this weekend. He just gave time. a plug. He just gave a plug yeah, as well. It's up I on the screen. I just saw that. I just saw it. And that should be a good show because he's going to update uh, the politics of what's going on. Yes. So that's another thing that I get to do that I'm really, um, I get to be around the politics of this, you know, you know, I'm being friends with Rocky Patel and then, of course, the Fuentes and all the other legends that are fighting for the cigar rights. It's, it's awesome. And, well, right now, the FDA probably really does not really care much. Oh, don't let me forget Gabby Packy. Definitely another great fighter. Mm -hmm. He was on earlier, another big fan. What you, you seem to have become, uh, you seem to have caught the eye of a lot of the industry's top manufacturers. So kudos to you. I, I still can't get half of them to answer me. Yeah, Paul can't get anybody to answer. It. <laughs> Paul, you, you, know should ask, you should ask Melanie for help to get guests for the show. Yeah. You, know, you can have her crumb leftovers. She, yes, she can. You know, she can be our liaison. <laughs> I would definitely be an agent for some for somebody. That's probably true, but. You don't call them. You smoke their cigars. Yep. You post them on the internet. Well, That's how you get funny enough, funny enough, when I reached out to Melanie to ask her to come on the show, I didn't get an answer. Then when Abe did, he got an answer right away. No, and that's not the funny part. No, okay, so I wasn't going to bring this up. Oh, let's bring it up. I want to talk about it. But now I'm going to bring it up, right? So I, I, I reach out to see if Melanie wants to come on the show. And um, I text Paul. I said, look, I reached out to Melanie. She'd like to come on the show. Um, you know, go ahead and book it. And Paul's like, well, I already reached out to her like three, four days ago and whatnot. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. Get her on the show. So then Paul joins a group text. Well, we were chatting. Hold on, hold on. Preface it with the fact that Melanie and I were chatting because when you were on Coop's show, I, uh, I DM'd Melanie because she wrote something like, oh, I'd love a KMA t-shirt. So I was like, hey, I'm the guy that could hook oh. you up with that. So I was like. Out. <laughs> so I was like, I can, I can help you out. And she, uh, and we chatted a little bit and I mentioned the show to her and then I didn't hear back from her. Go ahead, Abe, continue. So, so after I start the group chat, Paul hops on cause Paul's like, you know, kind of telling me, oh, I've already been talking with her. I, I, I had this under control before you got, it. I'm like, all right, just get her on the show. So we go to the group chat and Paul, hi, Melly, my name is Paul. I'm sure, you know, we've been chatting the last few days about you coming on KMA, and Melanie responds, uh, yeah, well, I talk to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie, uh, Paul was so butthurt on the uh, side chat. He was so deflated. So Dude, she doesn't even know who you are. Oh, my God, we were, di we were dying on the side. We were cracking up. hours. I needed a minute to, like, process everything. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, I was becoming... I was becoming quite the little fanboy for the last couple of weeks, and then, then in front of Abe, she shoots me down like I talk to a lot of people. I, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Literally. I was trying to save myself. Really, I was the embarrassed one. <laughs> oh no, it was brilliant. It, that made my day. I actually, I actually sends it to me now. Wait, I screenshot that dialogue, and I just send it to Paul randomly, like every couple of days, just in case he's in a good mood. Just to bring him down a little bit and depress him. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you're feeling good about yourself today, Paul. Here, remember this conversation. <laughs> Nobody likes Paul DeGracco. <laughs> uh, Anyways, Ron, that's look, not true. Ronnie Haysha does. Uh, Ronnie Haysha likes everybody. Yeah, he's asking. Who, he knows who you are, at least. <laughs> Ronnie lives in a cave. Ronnie's like freaking out because he's never heard of you, but he'll find out after this show. 
Um, we got to take a break. It's the top of the hour. We got to take a break from our sponsor. But when we get back, we're going to have um, Coop, Cigar Coop. We're going to talk to him about the Battle of the Band sampler and see what's going on. Stay tuned. More after this. Hola a todos. Mi nombre es Elmer Suárez de la Flor de Copán en Honduras. My name is Ernesto Cranwinkel and I'm from La Romana, Dominican Republic. Hola, mi nombre es Diana, soy de Manizales, Colombia. Días, Freddy Molina desde Estelí, Nicaragua. Hola, saludos a todos. María Santis, orgullosa de ser puertorriqueña. Cheers, I'm Oliver, I'm from London, England. I love H. Uman Añejo. My favorite H. Upman Dominican cigar is the H. Upman Banker. My favorite H. Upman cigar is the Herman's Patch. My favorite H. Upman is the H. Upman by A.J. Fernandez. Mi cigarro favorito is H. Upman Española. I highly recommend you try the H. Upman 175th anniversary, awarded number 10 cigar of 2019. One world together with H. Upman. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. And welcome back to KMA Talk Radio. Welcome back. We are here live on the Facebook because, well, guess what? That's what we do now in the era of Corona. Uh, with me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Honest Abe. Hello, hello. And still live from New York because, well, he's a snowbird, Mr. Paul DeGracco. My dad thinks it's hilarious that, uh, that he's a snowbird and so am I now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. Good for him. I'm glad he get, he's in on the joke. That's all that matters. <laughs> so, what do you think of the brulee blue on a stage, I have to ask? Um, uh, alright, well, I'm gonna piss the hell out of Steve Saka here. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't love you didn't love the regular brulee, it just wasn't your style. I, I happen to love it. I, I, I didn't love the regular brulee because my first experience was I tasted sweetener on there, even mm-hmm. though, you know, he makes his whole sampler about, you know, shut the heck up. You know, sampler, you know, about the sweetener and stuff. Um, Which shipped out yesterday, for those of you interested. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to be honest with you. The cigar is smoking phenomenal. The ash has been on point. Um, the flavor is actually very, very good. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I just can't lie. When I first put it to my mouth, there's just no way I can comprehend that I, I did get some, like, there's a sweet tip to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, which dissipated... Uh, you know, shortly after I lit the cigar. But for me, that's always, you know, a knee-jerk reaction. It like, e. It's like, you know, it's like when you drink a diet soda and you taste, and you, you don't drink diet all the time, and then you taste mm-hmm. that, that that fake sweetener in yeah, the taste. Yeah. You recognize yeah. it right away? It's kind of what I got. But after that, it dissipated. You know, I, I know that he claims there's nothing added, but whether it's added or not, it's the taste I, I get when I smoke a brulee right off the tip. You know, it could be just my own palate. But after I got past that, this is actually, I, I, this is a really, really good cigar. Really good. But, you know, so, is it possible that, like, some tobacco, like with um, some herbs and spices, there's a natural sugar that comes out of them? Or no, you still think it's that? Listen, I'm not, listen, I'm not a farmer or an agriculturalist. So that's, that's questions you'd have to ask other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I already had my little, you know, Steve told me to go F myself when I... <laughs> You know, when, 
Well, because what happened was I, I didn't know. No, we post, I, we sent him a video, remember? Well, you tasted I, it? I, I know, but I sent him a video when I sent it. Because somebody, cause when these cigars come out like this, like hot, like someone gifted me this. Because, you know, we have people lined up, so I'll take care of our consumers first. Someone bought a box and gave me this one cigar, so I would smoke it because I won't take it from my consumers. So um, someone had done that, and I lit it up during one of our pre uh, our pre-meetings for our KMA shows, and I noticed it was sweet tip right away. Now, at that time, I thought that this was something that was done purposely. I didn't think, I didn't know about a debate or people questioning it. So I just merely texted Steve saying, dang, I didn't know that you, this was, this new release was going to be sweet tipped. Now, meanwhile, he had gotten, already gotten a barrage from everybody else i was this was unbeknownst to me so he literally sends me this flaming hot text like you know go after me you know whatever i'm like hey, you know, but we've been friends for a long time There's, no one's getting offended here and i'm like all right dude i'll talk to you later <laughs> and he called me out of the car right home and explained me the whole situation so you know i i, I you know steve knows what he's doing but whatever that's being done to it that's the sensation i get when my tongue first hits on the tip now it was really profuse when I first smoked brulee. This was very, very, very subtle. So, you know, I, I, I can't say that it's all not possible. It's a completely natural byproduct of the process. Mm-hmm. It's just that initial subtleness of flavor, however it, it's produced, is not my cup of tea. But it was extremely subtle. It dissipated very quickly. And then I'm telling you, I've been enjoying the heck out of the rest of the cigar. Did you, did you, do you have any more of the STFU packs or did you sell them out? I, we ordered a hundred samplers or 150. I can't remember when he first did it. And he literally texted me back. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. And they were sold out before we got them. They've been sold out for a you know, wow. long time. Because yeah. I'd like to, ch- I so, want to try those. I think that that's well, really cool. Order thing. one like a consumer, Paul. You just, <laughs> you just said that you're sold out. Yeah, but we posted it up like two months ago, three months ago. Three months ago. Come on. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that. No, I'm an impulse buyer. I don't think that far ahead. That's no, why I don't have I, a brulee blue I, to smoke here. That's why you constantly miss out on stuff like mm-hmm. that and Benderma and other cool stuff that comes out. I know. The yeah, only we, reason why you got any Red Meat Lovers Club is because you just local and know us. I, I never, no, I never got any Red Meat Lovers Club. Well, there you go. You never had a Red Meat Lovers Club. Did no. you hear that? What? And the only reason why I got, why I had a, uh, a Dunderma and fell in love with it was because Ronnie, when he came, gave me one. And uh, that was a great cigar, too. That's another Sokka yeah. cigar. Unlike your cheapskate, but I bought some from him. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm on a fixed income, man. I got kids. I got I, I got, dude. You stop. Don't make me. We're embarrass in very you on, different tax brackets. Don't make don't <laughs> make me don't, don't don't make me embarrass you on on, on a national broadcast. Stop. Oh Jesus stop. Christ! Oh my. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so uh, we still have our special guest, Melanie. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, yeah. Melanie. Thank you for sitting by the pool and uh, hanging out. So. Um, Paul gave me this info sheet, so um, can we talk about the nip slip incident? Because it's on the sheet sheet here. (laughs) All right, Paul, he's totally trying. (laughs) Fine. Yes, there was a, uh, it was a total accident, completely Uh not intended. And really, I didn't even think it was that big of a deal. It's Uh like, um, 
you know, shit happens. Yes, <laughs> it does. You can say shit on the show. It's fine. Yes. Yeah. On Facebook, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You just got to keep going through life. And you know what? I, I saw this one meme and I really liked it. It's bathing suit season. So if you see a little nip slip, you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, it happens all the time. I, it, oh, yeah. I, I don't think it was that big of a deal, but it obviously made some waves. And, and uh, you know, and look, I, I mean, look, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it honestly is a common occurrence. It's happened to often more often than not for many people it happens in, in everyday life happens to me all the time <laughs> i mean it not to just mention no, no one's happy when it happens to you paul that's the difference <laughs> that's that the is very po- true the big one yeah uh not to mention there's also the characteristic of the early 90s late to the early early 2000s when it was like people were doing it on purpose oh yeah <laughs> there you go Janet Jackson, i didn't know yeah. that happened all a terror read not to <laughs> Any names out well, there, I think. just to be just to be clear, this was not it was not on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think that I think that Coop is ready to come on if we are ready for him, guys. Yeah, bring him on. Let's see what's going on. Melanie, do you know Coop? I have just recently uh, met Coop. I saw uh, I think it was Jose on his show or Carlito. I can- one of them, but I saw the whole show, and then I also watched Abe on his show as well. No, it was it was not. It was Cynthia Fuente, and then I saw Abe. So yeah, he is a cool guy, very um, well spoken. Goopaloop, what's going on, buddy? Hey, good morning, everybody. So uh, you're in the garage again, I take it. Um, actually, I just came in quicker. Yeah, I'm gonna put my my cool background on while we talk. Mm-hmm. I actually, there's a new studio I can put in place in the garage now. So. Uh, Nice. I, thought, I thought you'd be using it. I saw your post saying if I had the second best studio next to the dojo, well, guys, I'd be happy. It's, <laughs> in, it's, it's, it's being worked on. <laughs> Do we have? Oh, there we go. Okay. I'm like, yeah. wait a second. Something's not working here. Yep. Yep. Are we... No. Hold on, Can you hear me? Coop's video. Yeah, I don't see your video, though, Coop. Uh, I do. It does not come in. You see Coop's video? Yeah. I see I my know. video. Turn turn good. off your camera and turn it back on, Coop, maybe. Because I got nothing. There you go. Let's try it again. Oh, wait. I... And you just lost it. I, I see him on my screen. Yeah. I see him on my screen on, on, the, on the computer. That's so strange. I don't see him at all. No, he's not. He's not coming. He's not coming through. Did you just put it on Coop himself? It's showing the uh, Skype yeah, he's logo. Not, he's not. Uh, he's not coming through at all on our system. I don't Skype see him on Skype. on Skype. Skype doesn't want to see your face. You, you want me to? Let me reboot the Skype and come back in. All right, we'll wait for you. We okay. got we got stuff we can talk to Melanie about. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about our hobbies. You got a list of hobbies. I do a lot of things. Um, but I have to know, what is pickleball? Oh, pickleball! I love it! Yeah, I've never heard of pickleball. So you're going to have to enlighten me on what pickleball is. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so pickleball is a little bit like tennis. And it is, we are like being, it's, there's even an international, like, pickleball. It's like tennis, like now, big time. Is tennis the hard ball that doesn't really move? It is a wiffle ball. Like a, is it wiffle? Oh, oh. Yeah, it's a wiffle yeah. ball. It's a yellow wiffle yeah. ball, usually. 
It looks like you're inside of a tiny, it looks like you're standing on a ping pong table. That's what mm-hmm. the pool looks like. And so you just like, you know, you're just. My whole body is bigger than a whole ping pong table. How would I fit uh, on <laughs> Okay, so imagine it being your life size. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so but so you just, just tennis the ball that moves weird and slow. Uh, no, it can move really fast. It's a wiffle ball. It's got holes in it. So you got Yeah, but it does this, doesn't it, when you hit it? Yeah, I mean, like, it, it just depends. You can you can hit it in many different ways. I like to play um, um, with both hands, I guess, and the, and the deck screws. So instead of having a backhand, I just play, like, frontward and frontward and frontward all the time. Cool. cool. How, do you, how did you get into pickleball? <laughs> yeah, Valerie says pickleball is huge. It really is. Um, <laughs> well, not to mention they hold the national pickleball championship in Naples, Florida. Actually, yes. Oh, there. That explains it now. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I and um, we. So my okay. I, I live in a in a. I'm a part of a club. I'm a and um, we live in a nice area. And so the pretty uh, the courts here are like the newest, greatest. Like, we have the best courts. Like, something about the way that they bounce, you can, I don't know. But it's fun. And the, the demographic that I get to play with is pretty cool because I can just, like, I'm quicker going backwards than they are. <laughs> so I can lob it over them and, you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun. But really, I'll go out there with just that. They even have a pickleball machine that just throws you balls. Because right now, we're not allowed to play a lot with each other, you know, because of the uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they got the tennis court still closed in our development, which mind boggles me. So it's an outdoor sport and shit. It's yeah, nuts. We're, ours, are, ours are open. All our tennis pros are there. And the, oh. we've got our gym is open. But there's but there's probably maybe 25% of the neighborhood are here right now. Wow. So, Paul, have you been able to get Coop on yet or no? I have Coop on, but I can't see him. Can you guys see me? I see you, Coop. Yes. Adam's looking at the computer screen. I can see you on our computer screen, mm-hmm. but when Paul tries to put it through out in Facebook Live, it shows up as blue, though I haven't seen you try it recently. Yeah, I know, because I don't see him in the Skype chat either. So he's not on my computer screen. He's on yours and not mine. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know why that is, but we can talk to Coop like this. Yep, I'm here. I mean, I definitely, I see me. I see me. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope to see you. Yeah. I see Coop. Well, Coop, I'm going to throw you on the bus. You seem to be a big fan of Melanie's. You, you reached, Coop reached out to me early and says, you got to get Melanie on your show. Well, yeah. well, you know, um, you know, Melanie, um, I know Jose for a long time. So I know they've been doing the show. So, um, you know, I, and, and Melanie's definitely got a following out there on social media. So. I said to Abe, I said, Abe, if you don't get her on the show, someone else is going to beat you to it, right? You did. You did. Yep. Coop's, Coop, I told Coop, as soon as, he, as soon as he moves to Florida, he has a producer job all ready for him. <laughs> <laughs> and don't worry, Coop, we can afford better now, so we'll pay you better. Right, right. <laughs> we can afford better. Maybe he could get Skype to work properly. I'm, sure, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure he'd have it figured out. <laughs> so, Coop, I want to I talk to you. Um, okay. I know you got some news, but I want—I want to, you know. Look, you're our co-host. We work with you, so I want to give you your moment here. But I got to tell you something. Um, I want to talk a little about Battle of Bands. You know, sometimes I come up with some really crazy stuff, and I'm not sure how it's going to go over. 
when I pitch my idea to somebody. So I wasn't sure how these media guys were going to go over when I thought up a battle of bands. Because even though it's only been out for the week, we started talking about this, what, a couple months ago? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going back to about early June, late May, maybe. So we started talking about Battle of the Bands, and they all were like, awesome. So I was like, oh, great. So they're all into this, and they're all excited about it. And, um, you know, we went through the process of getting everybody's selections and the and the, the art down and getting the site up and working. Um, but everybody's been really cool, and, and everybody's been really, like, nicely competitive about it. You know, I mean, uh I've been very, very happy, and it even seems like the consumers have gotten excited about it. The manufacturers have gotten excited about it. So it was very, very cool. Um, it's, a, it's, it's been a project that I think has uh, been successful, and I look forward to doing it again with a little tweaks next year, because obviously the first time you do everything, okay. something you can't think of everything. But I got I to gotta say, Coop, you really, um, in, in honest journalistic fashion, broke your sampler down as to how it was selected, the manufacturers and you know i think i could say maybe because i you know you and i talk maybe a little bit more than i talk to other people i gotta believe that you put probably more thought into the package than a lot of people i know kevin did a lot of work because he he changed his thing like three or four times was driving us a little bit crazy on what he wanted to do but you know uh, you you had you had you definitely had a definitive thought process on how you wanted to attack your battle of the bands package well i thought i had to do it right for one reason was i knew this is going to be a case that was going to piss people more off than made people happy because there'll be five people who are really happy in this thing. And like, um, a dozen people who are unhappy. Right. So I said, I better have some criteria. Otherwise I'm going to hear it. That's smart too. But I didn't understand why people would get upset because all you guys seem to have your top five or top 10, which puts you in the same predicament, right? You're going to make some people upset. I mean, it's part of the process for you to do your job. You got to talk about what you like. It doesn't, mean anything negative about anybody's product it's your personal opinion well, and exactly people exactly follow yeah. you, people who follow you tend to generally agree with your personal opinion because that's why they're following you when you make recommendations and you talk about something it falls in line with how their profile or preferences are right and i like i said i knew i knew there had to at the same time be a theme like don't get me wrong even though i put criteria in there i still had a dozen people crying about this. You see the crybabies come out in the cigar industry. One like, cancel! It's interesting because I, I, one of my criteria was you know, I, I did things by um, people who've been in the industry for a quarter century, 25 years. You know, if I ever did this next year, maybe I go do a different way and I do uh, newcomers to the industry. So I mean, it's just, it's just this is what I decided to do. I kind of knew, I was trying to also going against my competition and i said i had an idea what each of those guys maybe except for kevin because i didn't know him as much i knew what those other guys i knew some of the stuff that was going to be in their samples or at least the brands well i got i gotta tell you um i didn't know what to expect and obviously you know there, there are certain things now i thought but you know kevin kevin was one of the i think the newer guys involved with probably the, the smaller amount of following. And, you know, in my con- conversation, when I invite him, you know, he really was like, you know, I'm just going to do this for fun because I'm going to be, but I got to tell you something. He, he's put a second or third or fourth level of effort into doing this. Did you see his video yesterday? I didn't. In fact, I just heard about it earlier. You got to watch it. It's, 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 I mean, if they're giving out awards for theatrical uh, performances, he deserves one. I don't know what you'd call it. But it it's basically a great rendition of, 
Mean Gene Okerlund and, and, and Randy the Macho Man Savage. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun. It's, it's pretty funny. You know, Aaron did a thing where I think he's doing a feature with every individual. I mean, some of the guys have really got into yeah. Yep. But overall, it's been great camaraderie. Guys have been having fun doing it. And, and look, that's the end of the day. We can't have fun. You know, yeah. what's the point? No, I agree. In fact, uh, you know, Aaron and I, you know, we work together. We're, we're partners on, on the podcast. So we, we actually kind of did these on our own. And we really didn't tell each other what we were picking until, like, the day before the announcement at that point. Um, you know, and I bought some of the other samplers already from some of the folks. So... Um, because I like some of the scars and I like some of the guys and I know these guys. So it, it is, it is a fun thing. Um, I never thought I was going to win. So it's just, uh, I just kind of figured I wanted to put something together that was really good. I could be proud of it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of serious. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed where I am in the voting. I'm third right now and I'm, I'm very happy where I am. Uh, which brings me up Mike's point. Coop, does your wife know how much you've spent on samplers so far? <laughs> Yeah. Well, the answer is I, I didn't spend as much as some 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 other people in the competition. I, I, bought, a few. I bought a few. The um, one I have a few and give out as, as some gifts for people and stuff. But well, but listen, I know the truth more than anybody. But I tell you what's really been kind of cool and popular is a lot of the cigar media guys. I won't say who they bought each other samplers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I bought some of the other ones too. Yeah, it's been very. It's been a very healthy competition. It's been a yeah. lot. Of yeah, there's been a lot of co-buying of other of yeah. other samplers, which is kind of nice to see. Yeah, and it, it, to be honest, like I said, the cigars in the sampler. Uh, like I said, I I would just say, people smoke the sampler. Let me know. What you, I, I've told a few people buy the sampler. If you don't like the sampler, I'll give you your money back. So, you know, I, I've done I, that. I don't know on not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's great cigars. How could you not be happy with it? Yeah. I mean, honestly, everybody did a really good job of lining some. There's no, bad, there's no bad sampler out there, yeah. really. And, and if, really. Mine, yeah, if mine isn't your profile, there's five other ones out there that are options, is what I'll tell people. Yeah. And, 100%. you know, we, we, we made it a little bit more fun. For every sampler everybody buys, you're going to get one entry. And when we do our live show, oh, there it is. Yeah, there's the art. Oh, kind of. It's disappearing, but it's there. Well, we can't <laughs> see. Oh, you got them on the screen? All no, right. that's it. That's his. I just have a picture of him. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> but um, for every sampler that anybody buys for, from any of the um, cigar media people, you get one entry. And when we do our live reveal show, because I'm going to take the meter down like the last seven to ten days, right? We're just going to take it down, let the results fly through at the end. And uh, when we do our live reveal show, announce the winner, present them with their WWE belt. <laughs> Um, oh, that's why he did Macho Man. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. talked about trophies with the group, and then uh, Eric mentioned that WWE belt, and everybody was like, kind of liked it. I said, all right, we'll, we'll engrave a, 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 like a championship boxing wrestling belt. And um, uh, everybody who buys one of these samplers will be, you get one entry very drawing, and we're going to do a live giveaway to three people who will be the lucky winners, and you will receive a whole complete set, one of each of the six samplers from each cigar media person 30 cigars each so i thought that'd be pretty cool yeah like i said there's, there's something for everybody with those samplers too and I, I, there's no duplicate uh there's a couple of duplicate lines but different sizes as far as everyone goes with that yeah. and you know there's, most of those i looked at those other samplers i'm like damn you know i should have picked that one you know it's kind of funny when i saw some of those so i think it's i think it's gonna be a lot of fun it is a lot of fun it's cool 
So Excellent. I'm glad we're having over there. And actually, we got we got some special packages going out to all you guys this week. It should land hopefully by uh, Wednesday. So oh, it's huh? all government people. So it should be cool. Nice. All right. So Coop, what's going on in the news this week? Um, the big story this week was the announcement that the uh, Tobacco Plus Expo TPE has been rescheduled to May of 2021. Um, I think this one caught some people by surprise more than some of the other cancellations because this was an event that was scheduled for uh, next January in 2021. And um, according to what they said, the TPE, they had an option to make the move. They took the option uh, given the current environment out here. So it's going to set up a very interesting scenario um, going into next summer is that you're going to have TPE and the PCA trade show eight weeks apart. Well, not to mention, the TAA is scheduled just a couple weeks before that as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, and, and you know, TPE has always had the edge that they were the first trade show of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- now it's kind of flipped around now. So it's, it's got, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what some of the retailers with buying power do given these events are going to be within 10 to 12 weeks of each, uh, each other now. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear people talk about, like, inner tobacco, like, is close to PCA, but inner tobacco isn't the same. Re- the retailers aren't buying an inner tobacco here. They're buying a PCA here, and, and inner tobacco is a European thing. So I don't – I think it's going to be very – there's a lot I've, – I've actually been going through a lot of scenarios right now of what companies may do or not do based on these two trade shows very close to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's going to be very interesting. It's going to change everything next year for sure. And if we even actually get to people who actually get to go to them, or have the opportunity to go to them, right, right. I mean, are people are retailers going to go to Vegas twice in in ten weeks? What's wrong with that? Sounds like a what? blast. <laughs> oh, no, I can't leave my store. I can't leave. My, well, they're not, they haven't gone to Vegas for the past few years. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's funny, Coop, because I saw you comment, speaking of events, I was really confused because uh, Juan Cancel posted that he was on his way to Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. And I was like, I thought I read that that was going to be a virtual event now. But he I would, still went out there? Uh, some people did. They have like 50 people. He actually video uh, FaceTimed me yesterday. Um, of course he did. They, they I know. They have 50 people out there, I guess, who came anyway, because dojo guys are having a virtual party and a gathering and they're doing something from them. There's there's nothing at the normal venue where they normally would have done it, and I think they sent out cigars and stuff to people. But, um, yeah, some people still went out there, but not a lot of manufacturers. I think one might be the only one, but um, there were uh, about 50 consumers who are there. I yeah I, it's from what Eric's doing a few shows today he's got some virtual shows today um, I but it was funny he says I'm traveling to Denver to do a virtual trade show like, that doesn't make any sense I'm like you're going you don't need to get on a plane and go to Denver I think he wanted to hang out with Eric I mean I'm being completely honest here right it's not like he's gonna be meeting with consumers or anything like that or retailers no, he's or, having a good time he's out there having a good time. Um, I don't know. I saw the, I saw the social distancing going on in the dojo studios. I was a little concerned. There was <laughs> so, no social distancing. There was no yeah. social distancing. Yeah. Those guys have been, uh, you know, traveling 
you know, on a plane or pool parties and stuff. I'm like, okay, guys, I'm, as long as you guys feel safe, I'm going to have a good time. That's fine with me. Listen, <laughs> and I don't know how serious Colorado is, but in New York here, my mother-in-law uh, flew down to Georgia to, to go to her daughter's dress fitting for her wedding. And she came back up here two days ago. They have called the house and texted her every single day to check on her. And the rumor in New York, which I don't know how legal this is, is that when they call your cell phone, they can uh, pinpoint your location using GPS so they know if you're answering from your home or where you said wow. you were going to quarantine. Now, I, okay. I have no, there's no facts behind that. It's complete rumor. So, Coop, you know, I know you're rumor free, but that's a complete right. rumor I've seen. But they are, they're not joking here, man. They, they call and check up on her every single day. One day they called twice. Wow. I mean, you know, with everything going on, would it surprise you if something like that was true? I mean, that's a... I mean, no. It was definitely not a surprise. Yeah. I think they could have tracked you on your cell phone anytime they wanted prior to COVID. You know, yeah. I just, you know, it just it is what it is. Society has now just kind of lied down and let government do whatever they want to do. And nobody yeah. really cares. It's Enemy insane. of the state is real. Just saying. I, I agree with you. The Patriot Act, man, they, they're allowed to do all that stuff now. Yeah, yeah. But okay, I, I understand, but it's just it's beyond like now. It's just like, and, and nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Nobody really cares. It's insane. Do you care if somebody knows where you are at all times, Abe? Do you? Because my wife calls I, me paranoid. I I I, I, I operate under the assumption. <laughs> I under the assumption that the government could know where I am at any given moment. Anyways, I operate under the assumption that any text message I send out can be seen by anybody at any given moment. Just Uh-oh. the way I operate. Right. It's the same thing. You know, I, I travel for my job. My company really needs to know where I am. Um, even for insurance reasons, I understand that. You know, it's not a big brother. They need to know where I am. So I, I can't, like, hide it, you know. That's uh, why I've operated on assumption. It's so all right to talk shit and talk smack. But anything that I say is something that I'm totally willing to say to somebody's face. What, what yeah. was that, Melanie? said it's the same thing with being a social media influencer like pretty much uh one of the ways that i grew my following back when the medical industry was that i started irma came along and i had to evacuate from a hurricane so i just started traveling up you know the coast to go find doctors other doctors that i could work with that weren't affected and i i mean people love to follow where i was going they like to watch people travel I've discovered that too. Like people were very curious on my travels, so yeah, it became very a lot of road trip posts, scoop. Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah. you go to you go to all the different fast food places. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I have, you know, I haven't been to I haven't been to many of them because I haven't left the house much. To be I honest, I gotta ask. I gotta ask. What fast food are you missing the most? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Oh, it's uh, it's definitely the Whataburgers. When I there's one up in Jacksonville, I stop on the way to you know when I go down to Florida. I haven't been down to Florida in a while, so it's definitely Whataburger. So is Whataburger your go-to fast food burger? It's kind of like the one I go to where um, how can I put it? It's the one I go to when I'm like out of town, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I really have a a, a potential favorite. You know, we have in Charlotte, we have a place called Cookout. Probably is, oh, is okay. the closest one. Yeah. Here, I'm, I'm, not about, I'm not talking about local bar and grills or you know, no, no. Local. Cookout is a fast food place. It's open to like four in the morning. Yeah, I'm talking about national chains. Yeah, because Cookout's a, it's regional. a it's, easier, Yeah, it's a lot easier to make something better when you only have one location and manage right. the quality control. Yeah. 
when you're trying to reproduce something where it's going to taste the same or as good in 50 cities, that's a whole other different monstrosity. Yeah. Oh, There's it totally a big is. difference between quality control and taste, though, in my opinion. I, I, this, I, you know, both are important, but I'm going to tell you something. Um, well, the taste is just basically how they make it ingredients, but the quality control is sticking to that guideline and form that's set. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if anybody else has noticed. I mean, I'm, I'm a big coffee drinker. I drink everybody's coffee. But one of the things that used to really always impress me early on, and I don't know if anybody else has caught this, or maybe some people in the chat will say this, but I used to feel that Starbucks had one of the best quality control things. Like, you could go to a Starbucks, I don't care where you were, and if you ordered that drink and you gave that barista your recipe, that drink came out the same. In the last year, year and a half, the drink tastes different no matter which Starbucks I go to. I mean, it's, they have, in my personal hmm. opinion, can't keep the consistency. Are you shaking your head over there? Are you agreeing with me, Melanie? No, I, I want to know what you're ordering. I want to hear like how it sounds. Like, is it is it complicated? Adam, I hope it's a girly drink. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, uh, Abe's go-to drink, depending upon what the season is, is usually a uh, triple venti. Uh, soy latte with with um, oh he forgot it's been so long since he had to go yeah exactly. it's, a, it's a triple venti soy uh, he, he wants the he wants the uh, you want They're the goddamn rocket scientists working at the barista in Starbucks you know you gotta make it one of the most important things is I was like it hot, extra hot. We ordered extra yeah. hot. Adam used to know the temperature. He used to tell him because Adam used to be a barista that worked yeah. at Starbucks. So he had my recipe down pat. But honestly, it, it tastes different now no matter where I go. The best the best Starbucks now I found in the Palm Beach County area, believe it or not, that makes a consistent drink is the – there's one off of I-95 on uh, Okeechobee Boulevard. Yeah, that's right where there. I used to go when I lived over there. I know that that's, Starbucks. I know that Starbucks. That's the best one. The one by our house where we live, Paul, sucks. I I don't I don't the one by us is terrible. And and I'll tell you what, I I don't I'm not a I'm a coffee drinker and I drink my coffee black most of the time. And I I know this is like heresy to their to their beliefs, but I think that Starbucks coffee is over roasted. I think they over roast their coffee. I, I really like a, a Colombian blend. I like um, I actually I'm, because of the cigar industry, I've really gotten into Nicaraguan coffee. Believe it or not, that Twin Engine coffee guy that we had on, I'll smoke that from time to time. Do you love coffee? You like everybody? Yeah, Twin Engine, yeah. That's want, great coffee. You mm-hmm. want to, okay, what about have you guys had the Fuente coffee? No. Fuente coffee. Fuente coffee's been around forever though, yeah. so I, I had it decades ago. I don't know if it's any different than it is it was good well i'm just asking i can send you some you guys can try it on your show next time yes yes we will be awesome we are coffee guys for sure all in fact adam has an office french press oh yeah wait speaking of coffee so my mother-in-law nobody drinks coffee in the house but my but my stepdad stepfather-in-law and he is away because he's a traveling doctor so he's away like every for like a week at a time and then sometimes two weeks at a time with covid now even longer so there's a coffee pot here that's got to be from like 1979 and it's cracked on the side and like i mean he's a he's a physician it's not like he can't buy another coffee pot but they they've never changed his coffee pot since they've 
since forever. So finally, I was like, you know what? We're staying in their house all this time. I'm buying them a ninja. So I bought a ninja. It's been here for three weeks. They haven't used it. it. So I used it for the first time this morning. I used it for the first time this morning. And it's a simple ninja. It's not the one I have. It's like a regular coffee pot. But I'm I'm sipping it right now. I I have that. Yeah, it's great. Well, Fuente's coffee was made early on. Do you you know how, how the Fuente coffee came about? Melanie? Yeah, no, please. Well, let me share with you. Yeah. Fuente used to be a big, big contributor. Um, I can't remember who was the Shriners or St. Jude's. Um, I can't remember the or outfit, or it was a national big known outfit. And they used to donate a lot to them, you know, on top of their own charitable work. And I believe the way the story went down was because it was a tobacco company that they wouldn't accept their donations anymore, believe it or not. Ah. So they branched They branched out to making coffee and all the proceeds from the coffee sales, I believe, if Carlito Stellani could correct me, um, were, were then given to that charity. Wow, but I, I, I believe that's the story on how the Fuente Coffee came about. Oh, that's uh, pretty cool. That's a cool Finding ways around things and uh, making, taking care of the ways the things that he takes care of, it's amazing. Yeah, they believed in the cause and didn't want to stop you know, contributing, but found a way to do it. So, uh uh, very cool thing, but coffee's kind of becoming like a thing now amongst our industry. Very strong, yeah. more so than ever. Um, uh, Gabby Cappy has coffee. Gabby Cappy's coffee is very good. Yeah, his coffee is very good. Incredibly good. I, I'm gonna tell you when we had him on our show. I think we did a remote in Port St. Lucie. He bought some coffee, learned a lot about the acidity, and it was some really, really good coffee. Yeah. His coffee, the Honduran coffee that he brought, is I wouldn't call it acidic at all. Like it's it's almost it's almost like there's milk in it already. If that makes yeah. it, like without the flavor of the milk, it's got that right. creaminess uh, like a Colombian coffee has. That who, which coffee you got talking about? Gabby yeah. Cappy. Yes, Gabby Cappy. I've got a bag of it too as yep. well. I've gotten coffee from Kevin Perro over at the Cigar Militia. Um, he sent me a couple. I think the Nicaraguan was really really good. I liked. Um, our friend Bill Rangone uh, started some coffee, but I haven't gotten. It. I know Bob the Cigar Guy made some coffee now. Um, Malolo. So when are they going to start making the scotch and the bourbon and all that? Which well, is- Jonathan already dabbled into that, and Matt Booth has got their gins. Mm-hmm. So wait, uh, Carlos, um, Carlito just uh, actually confirmed. He said St. Jude's Children's Hospital, and that's, it's a true oh, story. That's too. that's what that's what happened. And that is my favorite charity to give to because I have a lot of friends and family from Memphis, Tennessee, so they all work for St. Jude's. So. You know, you know, you're getting old when you can share stories in the industry that nobody's heard, nobody remembers, or knows. But yeah, that's a great story to know, though. Gain wisdom, Abe. Let's think about this in a different context. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I always love stories. Listen, there's so many awesome stories in, in our industry like this over time that people didn't. Did you know about that story, William? I did not. Yeah, there's just so many stories yeah. under the radar over time. So anytime I can uh, catch a snippet like that, I love sharing that. <laughs> you got so excited. You're like, oh, guess what? Guess what? Yeah, it's an awesome well, – because here's the problem. You know, I always under the I, – I, you know, half the time I'm under the assumption it's common knowledge, mm. right? So I, I don't realize sometimes how long I've been in the industry and how old the story is and how it may not be so common. Mm-hmm. So when I find something like that, it's always fun and cool to share. Well, that's how the professor show pretty much is. It is all 
just old stories. We've got, you know, the legends who have been in the industry for a very, very long time. And they, you know, they just, it's funny to hear about how they met or how they started or even the, the cigar aficionados that have come onto the show. That is incredible. They changed the whole industry just by doing reviews and giving ratings. You know, suddenly they were in charge of who was the best, you know, and I just think it's amazing to hear all those stories. So you can catch them all on Sunday at TPM Eastern, Tinder Time. Uh-huh. <laughs> so every, every Sunday at 2 p.m., is that right? Yes. All right, perfect. Daylight saving time. Burns. And Glenn Loop will be on this weekend. Yes. I, I want to, we got on a tangent here, but I didn't get a chance to bring it up with Coop earlier. You talked about the TPE. Were you really surprised by that announcement, Coop? Because I kind of expe- expected it. Um, I, I, was expo- I was surprised we heard about it in August. That's what I was surprised about. I think that's smart because look, we're at the same I point. Too. I thought it, yeah, we're at the same point too with the Great Smoke. We have to make a decision now for February. And honestly, the TPE was one of the last things I was watching to see how they would react because there would be it. There would be the nearest like gathering within our industry before our Great Smoke would normally be scheduled. And um, you know, even though we've kind of are now really focusing on an alternative than to have a physical thing and, and believe me when i tell you and more news will come out that if we do make the announcement we go 100 percent with this alternative it, in in typical smoke-in fashion abe fashion it won't be anything like anybody's ever seen before so it's not just going to be like oh we're going to have a virtual event now it's going to be insane if we could pull this off and we're working very hard to pull it off um and we got some very talented um national people coming in to work with us on this so we're we're pretty excited but, yeah, we, we have to make that decision now. So I kind of commend them not stringing everybody along to the last minute and just because sometimes you just got to make a decision in order to do something right. And they called it early. So, But I was watching them. They were one of the people I was watching yeah. and waiting for because they hinted that there would be a good possibility that it may not happen. And I, I think they just didn't wait to the last minute. And they said, look, we, we don't want to take the risk. We don't know the outcome. We, you know, we need to start making preparations. So we're just going to move it to May. Yeah, you know, it's um, they look like I said, it was no surprise that they were soliciting feedback from uh, the exhibitors over the past few weeks, right? There's been calls, Zoom calls, conference calls, whatever you want to call it. Um, so they were getting feedback, but I think what happened here, from what I understand, is they had an opportunity to move the show and took it. But rather than just it, there was a date open, they said, and I think they went and did that. Um, and that was the smart move. So I kind of thought maybe we'd hit something October, maybe time frame. Uh, like I said, I was a little surprised about the timing being this early right now. Now you're going to see this is going to – the ripple effect you'll see with this is the, the events like you just mentioned. Obviously, Great Smoke is one in question. But you have the festivals in January and February. You know, you have Pro Sabor, you have Pro Cigar, and you have the Habanos Festival. I think now you're going to start to see the attention turn to those. And I, I've already heard these discussions on – both festivals in terms of at least the, the Dominican and the pro, uh, the Nicaraguan one in terms of what to do right now. So I, I, I have a feeling those are going to end up getting canceled, too. I, I'd be really surprised if they don't, to be honest. With I, I would be, too, yeah. I mean, those, are, those take an enormous amount of planning as well. So I think they're going to have to. If you're making a call on the Great Smoke, like in February, right, soon, Pro Cigar is a much bigger, much more logistically challenged event. I think they're going to have to make calls on that. People could be flying from all over the you know world on that too. World, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And you got multiple factories involved and all of the different venues they go to and massive events with multiple people all the time. I'm bummed on because I went to Pro Cigar last year and um, it was I was I I was blown away what a fest what the festivals bring to the table. Mm. Uh, And I was looking forward to going back this year. But, uh, you know, right now, given the situation in the world, I wouldn't go. Uh, I don't know how I didn't get covid last year. At, at, because there's a lot of people there, right? And there were people at TPE. You have, TPE was right before Pro Cigar. There were people who came out of TPE who were, were convinced they had COVID. Mm-hmm. And they had the yeah, antibody. I heard that. They had the antibody. So how I didn't get either one of them, I'm like, considering, you know, my history, I'm like, look, yeah. I, I, well, look, I mean, look, if anybody hasn't realized this by now, we're not going to get into a COVID show. But a lot of the early statements and factors that were called out by the CDC and by, you know, they just didn't have the data. And and I think it's kind of shown it over time. I don't think, I mean, look, they went with the most obvious thing. If you have a comorbidity, if you have the, I I think it's, there's, they haven't figured it out. I think it's strictly genetics. I think there's some ulterior things that why make, what make people more susceptible than others. My father had it, stayed at home for three weeks we called him every day, and you know he's like, "No, I just got allergies. I get it every year." Refused to go to the hospital, got over it. Found out that he ended up having it. He's overweight. He's got high blood pressure. I mean, he, he works out. He's healthy, but he's by no means a, he has any of the morbidity or multiple of the morbidities that there and never, and never had to get hospitalized. And then I know of people who have passed away who were the epitome of perfect health. You know, strand. So, I mean, the, once the strand hit in New York, it. Uh, mutated about 30 times so new york got the deadliest one and then as we you know statistically numbers will just you know make those strands different and obviously none of them all not all of them are deadly but yes uh, you know the, the deadly one is still out there so i just think that you know some people are just going to have a different immunity <laughs> level and that's just the way Ava, it is you one of these guys are you one of these guys that thinks on november 4th that covid goes away Okay, so, no, what I tell you what will go away November 4th, according to my opinion, and I don't want to get too political on this, is, look, any, anybody out there who doesn't believe that there's been a narrative that's been pushed upon us throughout media, I've been on the phone with some of these politicians, and they'll tell you that most of this has been a media play, and even how they're doing legislation here in the state, right? So, um, the, the, the virus is something that's real, it's out there, right? And, and people will get sick, um, but the coverage of it, the effect of it, um, it's the media's attention will go to something else after November 4th. Um, and I, I, I believe in that. I believe once the media coverage goes to something else. The election start, of course. Right, right. Then, then, then society will, will forget and it'll move on to the next. They stopped oh. showing COVID whenever the black, you know, the protests started. And that's what they do. You know, it's. Yeah, it's Media pushes a narrative nowadays, and there's just not quality news media anymore. The, the, today's mainstream media is effectively worse than the, the National Enquirer, and you're probably too young to remember that, Melanie. But, um, <laughs> but you know, the National Enquirer. You know, I mean, there's a parody from uh, Men in Black where that's the real news of the world, right? So, you know, I, I don't. I mean, COVID's not going away. The effects of COVID's not going away, but how they instilled fear into America and 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 got people willing to behave in ways that they never thought would be acceptable is strictly been a media play, without a doubt. 
I don't think I, it makes it that smart, but I agree in some ways. But I think that the, the fear that they instilled is probably the fear that they had in themselves. A lot of people. Some of them. Okay, listen, Melanie, it, it, it always works downhill, right? So <laughs> the people who create this knows there are people who are going to believe it, and then they go on and propagate it because they're believing it. Yeah. Right. But the truth. The truth is somewhere, I mean, if anybody out there, if anybody out there really believes that the truth has been filtered down to us common people level in the world, you're really delusional. Nobody knows what really is going on. But there's, no. definitely, is a, there's definitely is a core of people who know exactly what's going on and why it happened and what really what is going on. And they, they filter the stories down. I'm sorry, what was that, Melanie? I said, unfortunately, those people that know are not in our, in, are not in our government. <laughs> Well, part of them are, but yeah, I guarantee you there's a group of them that don't, that aren't politicians that are, are, are part of that knowledge pool. But yeah, I, I think, I, I look, whether it's any Carly, issues... He, all, he used to get all of his news from Mad Magazine. Me Who too, Carlito. Carlito. Mad Magazine. First Alfred of all, e. I still have a subscription. I still have a subscription wow. to Mad Magazine. I love it so much. I've loved it my whole life. Hey, Alfred there's e. an, President. There's an, there's an idea for you, Abe. Do another comic book, a mad magazine, or the cartoon industry? Well, we already did it. We did a strip. Not a oh, really. the, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, do another one of those is what I'm saying. Yeah, you I did, did the one with Matt Booth. You did the one with Matt Booth, yeah. Yeah, I did it with Matt Booth, The Adventures of yeah, Big yeah, Del yeah. Delicious Swanky White. Hot girl smoking cigars on, on, on uh, the Instagram. Like, the, <laughs> I think that would be so funny. This is like... All these characters, and you got you drawing hot women, but then it's like they're what you guys think that we're actually going through. <laughs> Carlito, Carlito Fuente said I wasn't born yet. Yeah, I was Carlito. I remember going into our library at school, and they had Mad Magazine. I would always grab. Oh it. yeah, I've I've had I a subscription you, for thirty years almost. You'd you'd always want to know what TV show they were going to do, like a play on. Then they had the Mad Magazine late night show, which I thought was awesome. Artie Lang. That. Artie Lang was on it. It was a great mm -hmm. show. Oh, they, they only went yeah. for like 10 seasons, 9 seasons, but something was, like that. I mean, I for a long time, I, I was watching that over Saturday Night Live. I mean, it was, I thought they were doing some really good stuff on I and pushing the envelope on stuff with that Mad the TV. The first three years were awesome. Oh, they had a guy who did Mike Tyson. They had someone. Uh, Jim Carrey was on it. Yeah, Oprah, yeah. Kenny Rogers' Jackass was the best bit from that. <laughs> yes, yes, that was great. <laughs> The Sopranos, what they did was hysterical. They'd have that, the Sopranos yeah. like on Family Feud and stuff. It was it was hysterical. And, and, and that and Raging Rudolph. Then we'd always see Kenny Rogers on the news driving home drunk from those situations. <laughs> 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 well, Kenny Rogers had picked up this morning. <laughs> uh, what else you got going on? Any other tidbits of news this week? Yeah, there's a few other things going on. I mean, this is, uh, well, he's not a huge name in the industry. It got a lot of uh, news this week. Uh, that Danny Vasquez uh, is leaving Romacraft to back. Uh, he said left already. His last day of the company was yesterday. So Camelot, Camelot has fallen. I guess you know Danny. Danny uh, had a very small company, but built up a following. He had that Baracoa cigar company, and he kind of built a name for himself. Even though he had like one line, and he wasn't in a lot of stores. A lot of people like Danny, and then Danny went over to Romacraft for three years, and uh, he was working. He wasn't really doing a lot of customer facing stuff you know in, 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 in terms of events but he's more of a behind the scenes inside sales guy um so he is departed romacraft right now and that made a lot of news this week i heard he's moving to florida i heard he's moving yeah i've heard he's i don't think he's i think he's moving up to the tampa area 
They'll be in your neck of the woods, Melanie. He'll look you up. Awesome. I can't wait. I've been, I've heard so many things about his cigars, and I actually have one now, and it is like a Corona size, so I'm looking forward to trying it. There we go. All right. Very nice. What else is going on, Coop? Um, I guess cigar-wise, uh, the big news this week was Nick Malolo's uh, Foundation Cigar Company. They're announcing the El Wawense five-year anniversario uh, cigar. It's going to be coming in September. Uh, it's going to be coming in a very nice collector's chest. Um, he's going to be producing the cigar out of the uh, Aganorsa Leaf Tabsa factory, which he's worked with before. Um, and if you're a real cigar geek, the, the thing about this blend that's a little different is it's got a um, Nicaraguan uh, Corojo wrapper, San Andreas binder, and Jalapa Nestle fillers. But the, the San Andreas binder is typically not something you see out of the Topsa factory. So it's, it's something a little different that, that he's working with right now. Those are supposed to hit the stores in September. Now, here's the kind of the little thing I'll say about this. The cigar itself is a... It comes in one size, and it's a four and three quarter by sixty, chubby perfecto. That little short chubby perfecto, which is an interesting size for Nick, because that's not something he usually puts out and hasn't really done before. Well, there may have been a place you've seen a cigar that size before. That, that's that's actually, out that he worked at. That's actually uh, Stephanie's nickname for Paul, the chubby perfecto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Okay. That's the best joke of the week. Okay, yep, yep, best joke of the week. Yep, well done. Okay, there we go. I made uh, my day is complete. I've entertained Adam. There would that, she would never call thing. me perfect. That's well, how you know that. From. She did. It did come after the word chubby, though. Yeah, it, it did, which is you know accurate these days. I'm sure you are a little chubby. I, putting all the pounds there, Paul. Tell, huh? tell us, Paul, is the pants unbuttoned? No, I can't wear those pants right now. I'm wearing oh, my last. You know those pants that they sell at like Old Navy and like that look like khakis, but they have elastic on them. They're like workout pants. That's what I'm wearing. Pants. Oh, yeah, we boy. bought we bought like six pairs of those. Well, my wife bought them you're, for me. Pants. You're in real trouble now. <laughs> They're not sweatpants because they look like khakis. They're just you know. Those are your Thanksgiving pants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. Unfortunately, his Thanksgiving pants are becoming his everyday pants. Pants, that's a lot of us. Paul, <laughs> you can't. Paul, the baby was born. You can't have sympathy weight anymore. Right. Hey, listen, I did yoga three times this week because what? it's helping my back. Yeah, I used to do yoga back in college because that's how you, you know, you met chicks. And you just reminded me, speaking of yoga, I want you to get in touch with Allison. Um I, I, I see she's posting that she's done this thing, uh, yogis and stogies, where oh. they're doing, where they're doing like a zoom yoga and then having like a herf right afterwards. So you guys can see my swing. My this is my yoga trapeze. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, that's, the curtain thing. Is that for that's for yoga? That is for <laughs> yoga. I do aerial yoga, so I can get in the. Um, I can do like invert inversions, or I can. You know, do sit up, anything. I can work any muscle from that thing. It's really awesome. So, so you do like, you like hang from the ceiling and like do the like, can you do that stuff like we see at the circus? <laughs> well, it's not as long as the circus, so it's not like I can like curl myself up and then like fly uh, down. Okay. That uh. would be. That's definitely one of my dreams to learn how to do. I would love to be like an aerial dancer. That'd be so much fun. <laughs> wow, that's wow. pretty cool. 
Well, my wife, my wife is hardcore yoga, but I don't think they've ever used one of those. But my wife's really into it. My oldest daughter is actually very good at it. What, is, what does your wife do? What kind of yoga? Uh, I, I, she's done the chakram, the hot one, but I think she'll do any yoga that you know she could find at the time we're going out. Like if we're traveling and there's some yoga class, she'll do it. Do you mean I haven't Bikram? been to COVID? Bikram, but. yeah, Bikram, yeah. I yeah. Tell, so, not a there's a whole story. documentary on him. Watch it. It's fascinating. This this cult. It's basically a cult. But I've done hot oh. yoga too back when I was younger. He's an That's evil I, person. I was uh, I, I I did two, I did hot yoga for two years straight. I mean, like rock solid. It was awesome. But now it stinks I'm in there. Huh? It smells so bad. I've done it once, and it's the most disgusting area you could ever be you you think like you go to yoga you're gonna see all these hot chicks and all that it it smells like one <laughs> big foot and ass in there <laughs> like that it is the most non-sexy environment you could possibly be in it's disgusting in there, it sounds like it's raining well, you're, you're you didn't like, do it where melanie was doing it that's the no, problem I didn't. Apparently, I didn't. yeah you do it daddy day camp i wouldn't want to <laughs> <laughs> coop what the hell man <laughs> Second Ooh. Ooh. Of the week. Yes. Ooh, right. Slam. Ooh. Yes. No, sorry, Paul. No, we've rubbed off on Coop now. Poor guy. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Melanie, do you hey, think man. it's weird yes. if a guy? Oh, we're ready to go. Is I don't know. No, go ahead, Paul. We have a few minutes. <laughs> Melanie, do you think it's weird if a guy that doesn't really have a lot of experience with children and is having his first child? goes to, like, a daddy boot camp to learn stuff about being a dad and, like, you know, changing diapers and, like, what to do with babies. Is that weird? No, not at all. Okay. I was still, I mean, I didn't go to a mommy boot camp, but I read books before making <laughs> me so yeah. <laughs> Listen. You're not going to find a woman out there who won't slightly sympathize with you, but every single man with a pair of balls is going to make fun of you for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes. You and I didn't actually... Mommy, he paid, he paid to go to a class so he could teach him how to put a diaper on the baby. <laughs> as if it needs a manual or something. Bless your heart. I, I didn't go, though, because it was canceled. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You went and no one went there or something like that. No, it was canceled, yeah, to, for some reason. I don't, I don't remember why. And you didn't bring the baby. Oh, yeah, nobody could bring a baby. Paul, you got to go buy a book now. You got to go, or, or, or a, what's that, what's that digital little baby thing that you can feed in? The Nook. Tamagotchi. <laughs> I, I bought, I had a, uh, I had the book <laughs> called Dude, You're Going to Be a Dad. I read that. Yeah, that's good. There you go. Now I skimmed it. I skimmed it. Listen, I didn't buy one book. I didn't watch one video. I didn't go to one class. There weren't videos when you were being a dad. I just didn't think it was required. So you didn't go to the breastfeeding classes, Abe? (laughs) No. Because I went to those two, NCPR. I wasn't planning on breastfeeding any of them. Why did you go to those? I was there as as support. It was like you know the what, importance what of breastfeeding. What are you going to support? What do you mean you going to support? He's going to. He's going to. Listen, he's going to oh, make man, the connection. Keep doing your thing, man. Keep doing it. Paul, Paul's going to guide the connection in. All right, a little to the left. A little to the right. All right. We, got a lock. we got a lock, people. We got a lock. 
All right. And with that, let's see this week who belongs in a cigar insane asylum. Oh, boy. What a tangent. Music's playing. Welcome Do we to audio? Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes. Where logic and reason cease to exist. All right, Abe. This week, who belongs in the cigar insane asylum? Okay, in typical Paul fashion, I didn't get this till this morning, so I apologize in advance. I'm I sent it to you great. last night. Uh, well, well, I didn't see it last night. It was 12 a.m. That's not, that's, <laughs> that's not, true. That's not last night. Inductees have stooped lower than almost any other in our history. At some point in our lives, all of us get the entrepreneur bug as kids, inevitably leading to our first lemonade stand. The classic childhood business is full of real-world lessons in business, interpersonal communication, and ethics. Recently, they gave two young boys an even more dramatic introduction to the real world. Recently, two males approached Jude Peterson and his friends as they sold lemonade on the corner in Peoria, Illinois. In a video provided by a neighbor, the male in a dark hoodie who was described as a teenager moves fast displaying what looks like to be a firearm at the young businessman. The male then quickly snatches the boy's cash box, running off with the $30. The gunman is still at large. Well, not too large, because he robbed a lemonade stand with a peak of only $30. But Nathan, one of the boy's fathers, said first he was horrified. Nathan was in the basement when his wife called him down, saying she'd just been told the boys were jumped at their lemonade stand. Luckily, no one was hurt in the robbery, and the community has risen up to support the boys both emotionally and financially. Congratulations, Lemonade Stand Robber. You are this week's inductee into the Cigar Estale Asylum for stealing, well, I guess, cash from a baby. $30 from small children, yes. Isn't Fair 30 bucks a lot to have at a lemonade stand, by the way? That hey, is a selling them a dollar a cup, dude. No one's selling ten cents lemonades like they did back when you were a kid. I've never <laughs> had any lemonade. I don't know. I can't answer that. Vic's on. I was gonna say hi to Vic. He's just joined. So, Coop, what's going on, Cigar After Coop this uh, this week? Uh, we got reviews coming up of the Monte Cristo Cinquenta, the Room One Hundred One Farce Maduro, and the Alec and Bradley Geekkeeper. Very nice. And uh, so, Melanie, uh, what do you have uh, this weekend? Because at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Oh, my God. You remembered. This is awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time on Sunday. All you have to do is get on our Facebook Live. It shoots from my Facebook profile. But mm-hmm. you can go to Facebook. It is The Professor Show on Facebook. And you can follow our <laughs> Uh, like our page and be able to see the video there at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time. And our special guest this week is none, one and only Glenn Lee. All right. You should have some good stuff to talk about. Yep. I think so. And then yeah. we also have, an, I mean, and there's a lot more other stuff coming up. So I actually have, I, um, I'm about to produce a, a video about uh uh, Alec, I had uh, Bradley. Actually, I interviewed Bradley from Alec and Bradley about their cigars, so we went through theirs. Nice. And uh, Anna Leva, so I'm excited. I also saw you recently playing drums on Nick's drum set. <laughs> now, are you, a, are you a drum player? I am not a drum player. I used to be. I used to play in the drum. I used to play the drums. I was in the. I was in the band. <laughs> well, you were a drum player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
No, it's, brother, it's, it's called a drummer. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, it's called Thanks a drummer. Ball. Why don't you learn to do your job and come back and correct me later? But that was amazing. <laughs> that, that, that drum set was just, I had, that was probably one of the biggest highlights of my adventures of through, just because it was it's so impressive. But yeah, I got probably, to. That was probably one of the biggest highlights for that drum set, too. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Nick's wife is a beautiful woman, so. Oh, she's lovely. I love she her. Is. Did she play the drums too? <laughs> she was so she, sweet. They I were awesome. Drums. That's awesome. Wait, before we go, can I ask a question? Absolutely. Melanie, is that your boyfriend behind you there? Is he, he eating is, breakfast? He is uh, smoking his breakfast cigar. I guess. <laughs> he likes to give me my time to be able to be out here, but. Say hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. Hi, Mark. <laughs> hey, Mark. <laughs> hi. That's awesome. Yep. So he is my uh, definitely my supporter. Gives me the the time, the ability, the uh, the business knowledge, and the love to be able to do what I do. That's awesome. awesome. Very, very okay. great. All well, right. Great. Well, obviously you don't got nobody next week, right? Uh. What? I'm working not. on it. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. <laughs> you, whenever you're ready, I, just, I, I don't even need a two-week notice from him. Just let me know when you're moving. <laughs> get, some yeah. real talent, get some real talent on the show. <laughs> Coop, uh, who should we get for next week so Paul can actually try and do his job? Oh, that'd be awesome, Coop. <laughs> Hook a brother up. Yeah. You guys need to get, have you guys had Gabby Caffey on here? Uh, a couple many times. times. Uh, what about like one of the influencers? Maybe like you know one of the influencers. Like Tony Cisco. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's me. Oh, right. Car- I forgot. Car- Carlito's Carlito's still on. Carlito, call Abe after the show. He wants to talk. Yeah, about I was gonna say Carlito. Yeah, that that'd be a good one. I, I did reach I out. Carlito was on the first second episode. I think we ever second yeah. episode we ever had. I did reach out to Carlito this week, and and you know he said he'd get back to us. He definitely is probably interested. He's just a busy guy, so we got to coordinate it. He's a super sweet guy. He'll, I'm sure that he will do all he can to make it happen. Listen to me. This is not about that there's not people to get out there. This is about Paul just not doing his job. So let's not, <laughs> let's not confuse this. I could line up eight guests for the next eight weeks within three hours of work. Mm-hmm. Two hours. Just by texting. Mm-hmm. So oh. it's not about, this is not about there's not a lot of people out there. It's just Paul just doesn't do his job. I got plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says that. Thanks yeah. for coming out, Coop. As always, a pleasure to talk to you. And no, check, check out Coop's Battle of Your Bands Coop Edition Sampler. It's at smoking.com forward slash battle. You can he's and he's got one of the best write ups about why he chose those cigars. So check that out. And then other than that, we'll see you all next week. Keep it lit. Keep it lit. Keep it lit.